Oh. Okay, welcome everybody. Great to have our campuses join with us as it always is. Welcome to Church Unlimited in Kaitaia, Whangarei, Rotorua, and Sydney. Thank you for joining us. As you all know, you've marked in your diaries June the 16th. Tell your neighbor what it's about. Good neighbors. Is that right? All right. Say to the next person, good neighbor. Yeah, be a good neighbor. Let's do this. It's all a part of the New Zealand and beyond ministry and conference, our ministry into the community. And it's an exciting thing to do. And good old Danny to present it to us as well, promote it for us. Also in your hands today, you will have all received this Faith Promise form for 2018. So make sure you grab a hold of that because uh, we do this every year across campuses and it's an opportunity to give over and beyond your normal tithes. Uh, this is over beyond that. And every year, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars come in through these Faith Promise forms. People have bought into this big time. And uh, so we're asking and encouraging everyone to fill in a form. We'll collect these at the end of the service today. So as I share with you and preach today, please be prayerful. Ask God how much He wants you to put on there. And once He's given you a figure, just put another naught on. All right. So it doesn't matter how much you give. It's, it goes towards a mission locally, into the community, our nation, into the nations of the world. And whether you give $50 in a year, that's $1 a week, or $500, or $5,000, it doesn't matter. Just be a part of God's great heart to reach the nations of the world. As you see, there's two parts to it. There's what you can give from your known income. That's a bit of sacrifice. You have a bit extra left over, what you can give per month, or what you can believe God to pass through your hands by faith. That's not money you have. It's money you can believe God to pass through your hands to give to the Greatest cause on planet Earth. I know they were shouting in Kaitaia and Whangarei and Rotorua and Sydney, but a bit quiet at West today. But we will get there. Pray for us, campuses, please. <clears throat> Father, we just come into your presence this morning. And Holy Spirit, we're just asking that uh, you would speak to us today. Lord, as I share this morning what is possibly the most important message that we could ever hear as Christians. Lord, I pray that something will touch us, that, Lord, we'll capture something from you that will so apprehend our lives that we will never, ever be the same again. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us, we pray. Anoint your servant. Lord, with your spirit and your power, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? The whole goal that I have for this, today's message across our campuses is that something will shift in your heart. That God will touch your heart and give you a greater passion for his heart and for mission than ever before. It's my prayer that you will have a moment with God today that changes your life forever. Because if you can capture this message that I share with you today, your life will never, ever be the same again. Your walk with God will begin to make sense. 
Your walk with God will go to another stratosphere of His presence and His power and His favor and His blessing and something of an open heaven can also be yours. So I encourage you to have both ears open and listen. But as you listen, say, God, would you shift something in my heart? God, would you move something in my heart? Lord, would you help me to capture your heart for this broken and this lost world? There's a missionary to Africa who tells of this woman who came to a service every time with her dog. And at the end of the service, she'd go forward for prayer, and the dog would also go with her. Permitted in Africa, I guess. At the end of the service, she would get that prayer, and then the woman's husband was very abusive. In fact, so abusive that she eventually died from his persecution. This man was not arrested and left alone with his dog. He noticed every Sunday that the dog would go and disappear for two hours. So he decided to follow the dog one day and went to church. So he sat in the back row, wondering what on earth was going on. So intrigued by this weekly event. At the end of the service, the dog went forward to the altar and stand where the wife had prayed. The man was so touched. He went forward and gave his life to Christ. You can never be too sure how 100% true these stories are. However, if God can use the dog to reach a lost person, I think he can use you and he can use me. I want to look today at the main reason the church of Jesus Christ exists and why you are on the planet. That is a huge statement, would you not agree? The reason this church and churches around the world actually exist. Why are they here? What is their purpose? What is their plan? Why do people gather every week, every Sunday? Why do we come and then we go and we give and we worship and do all these things? What what is it all about? It's a question we must answer, otherwise we're coming and going. We don't even know why. It's a massive statement. Why the church exists. Why maybe a few billion people across the planet today are going to worship God. Why? Why are they going to gather? What is the reason for their existence? What is the reason for the existence of Church Unlimited? It's been well said that our main challenge is not destruction, but distraction. Distraction. Our enemy is always out to distract us from what the church should be doing and what we should really be doing. The challenge is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Could everyone say with me, keep the main thing? The main thing. You know, you'd think it'd be obvious, wouldn't you? How could we not keep the main thing, the main thing? So what is the main thing? What is the church about? What is your Christian life actually meant to be about? I'm praying something's going to shift in your heart today. Something's going to move. You're going to go out the doors and thinking, wow, now I get it. Now I understand. Matthew 1, 21. She shall bring forth a son. You should call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. How many of you know what Jesus means? Savior. Jesus, Savior. Let's say it together, campuses. 
Jesus, Savior. Jesus, Savior. He's a Savior. He's a Savior. He saves us from our sins. He saves us from an eternity in hell and releases to us an eternity in heaven. Jesus came. His whole mission was salvation. Make no mistake about that. Let's not get that confused with that. He came to save. And his goal is to reach as many people as possible on this planet who will go to heaven and not suffer in the eternal torment and the fires of hell. One of the master strokes of Satan is to minimize the preaching on hell and even minimize the preaching on heaven. How often do you hear that these days? Go on YouTube. You're not going to hear it very much as the church gets sidetracked away from its main mission and its main purpose. My prayer is that everyone's going to fill in one of these faith promise forms. And if you've never filled one in before, maybe today's the day to start. You may say, it's, but that's outside my comfort zone. Uh, you know, I struggle to just give my tithes, let alone give extra. Well, guess what? All growth happens outside your comfort zone. It's time to go outside your comfort zone and fill in a faith promise form and join with the heart of God and His great mission. And when you do, you will grow in God, you'll grow in generosity. Matthew 24, verse 14, has these words to say to us. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Guess what? Jesus will finish his mission. It doesn't say this gospel should be preached. It doesn't say this gospel might be preached. But it says this gospel will be preached to all the world as a witness, and then the end shall come. So this is a great commission, but it's also a great commandment with a great certainty. How can Jesus be so sure that his mission will be fulfilled, that the church will not fail in its mission? Well, he can be certain because he knows the future, and he knows the future because he makes the future. When he says it will be fulfilled, then it will be fulfilled all nations will worship Him. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that will happen because of you and me. Because we're going to make Christ known to a lost world. We will do this together. At Church Unlimited, we are fully and totally committed to what burns most in the heart of God. What burns most in the heart of God, and that is the Great Commission. We will keep the main thing the main thing. We will not be distracted. We will not be sidetracked. We'll continue to help fulfill the Great Commission. That's why we're so passionate to reach lost people, to support community ministry, to support missionaries, why we host New Zealand Beyond, UK and Beyond, Pakistan and Beyond, and there's going to be some more Beyonds. By filling in a faith promise form, you start doing it right now. You've got a pen. You're actually helping to reach your nation as well. Your nation may be New Zealand. It could be the Philippines. wonder how many of you are interested in Philippines turning to Jesus. What about Samoa? Anyone keen to see Samoa turn to Jesus? Fill in a form. Reach your own nation. Tonga. 
South America, Africa, go on, we can go on and on, helping to reach your nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This mission will not fail. This is a great news because we are committed to what is absolutely assured of a success. Isn't it good? You know, some of you follow rugby teams, and you know, if you're smart, you want to follow a winning team. Don't follow the blues, man. Well, not this year, nor next. Anyway, that's not the message. You want to, want to, you want to back what's going to win. Is that right? The Great Commission is going to win. The job is going to get done. When you give to mission, you're giving us something that's going to have extraordinary success. It's going to be the most successful venture on the planet. Forget about Google. Forget about, you know, all, all the Silicon Valley and all that they produce and Facebook and, and Xbook and uh, whatever book there is and iPhone and iPad and all the rest of it. You want to back the greatest mission, most successful cause on the planet. Put your money into that. And we're talking about the Great Commission. Thank you for those four claps. Even where it looks impossible, this mission is succeeding. The fastest growing Christian population in the world, in the world, I am told, is Iran. Iran. Interesting, isn't it? Iran. They're turning to Jesus because there's great hopelessness in the nation. They say per capita... There's more men and women commit suicide or are addicted to drugs than in any other country. And even though the West has not done a lot to reach Iran with the gospel, it is advancing rapidly because a man in white, Jesus, is appearing to Muslims in visions and dreams, and they are turning to Jesus in the tens of thousands. The underground church of Iran is expanding rapidly. Friends, this great commission... <laughs> is going to succeed. It's the best investment you could ever make with one dollar of your money or any of your money. See, when an individual or a church connects with mission heart of God, God's favor, God's presence, God's power begins to be released upon their lives. God begins to back what you do. That's why we're seeing such blessing upon Church Unlimited upon New Zealand and beyond, upon our campuses. The doors to the nations are opening in extraordinary ways. Tonga was like a mini revival. It was just amazing what God did. And I often wondered why did God turn up so profoundly in Tonga. I just found out last week because Tonga is an Antioch nation. It sent the gospel, I understand, to Samoa and Fiji and other places. So God's connecting us with now an Antioch nation, not just a church. You can see this master plan of God that's working for Church Unlimited in extraordinary ways. Because that's what happens. If you have a shift in your heart today, if you can capture something for the mission heart of God, everything will change. Your Christianity finally will start to make sense. Your prayers will begin to be answered. God will begin to, to you'll feel His presence in greater ways. Why? Because you're connecting with the heart of God. The power of God will flow even more. New Another New Zealand Beyond Testimony lady writes, four years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Started with slight shaking in my left hand, spread to my whole arm, caused weakness down my left side. 
Because of violent shaking, I was not sleeping well. I felt exhausted after moderate exercise at New Zealand Beyond. There was prayer for healing. At first, I didn't notice any change, but my, mo- my husband noticed my arm was not shaking as much. Since then, I've slept well. There's only been a little shaking in my hand. My left side is strong. My energy levels have gone right up, and I'm able to do many things I could not do before New Zealand and beyond. I know Jesus has performed a miracle in my life. I give thanks to God. The point is this, when you connect with mission, the power of God increases its flow in your life. Let me prove that from Mark 16, 15 to 20. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the great commission. That's mission. Then what happens in your life? Then these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll heal the sick. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When does that all happen, friends? When does the power of God flow? When do you begin to see miracles? When you join in the mission heart of God. Go into all the world. These signs. How many of you would love to see signs following you? You see, we all want miracles to happen. But a lot of it, friends, is connected to the mission heart of God. Joel Holmes said in one of his great conference messages, he said, add so that to every prayer request. I wonder if you've got a prayer request today. I wonder if you're wanting God to do something amazing in your life, do a miracle, a breakthrough, a provision. Joel says, if you want to see God answer, add so that. Add so that the gospel of Jesus Christ may be advanced more as a result of the answer to my prayer. Can I put it this way? God, help me get a permanent residency so that I can help advance the gospel of the kingdom. God, provide my son with a job or me with a job so that I can help reach those around me for Jesus. God, would you heal me? Provide me a house so that I can be a stronger witness for you. Provide me a husband or a wife so that together we can have a greater impact for the kingdom of God. Bless my finances so that I can give more to the greatest cause on the planet. When you add so that to your prayers, Joel said it ignites the power of the Holy Spirit to work on your behalf. I wonder, I just wonder, how many of prayers are not being answered because there's no so that being added to the request. It's just a suggestion, just a thought. Add, fill in a form so that God's power may flow more into your life. Mission's all about getting people to heaven. I just had a few days away in Whangamata, enjoyed playing some golf. I'm not sure the golf course enjoyed me, but I enjoyed the golf. A preacher who was very passionate about golf was inquiring, had to know, he just had to know, is there golf in heaven? It's a deep and meaningful question, I think, that we should all ask. I mean, are we going to be happy in heaven? I mean, it's just got to be golf in heaven. So a heavenly messenger appeared to the preacher, and he said to the messenger, is there golf in heaven? Well, the angel said there's good news and there's bad news. 
He said, the good news is that, yes, there is golf in heaven. The greens are perfect. The fairways are fantastic. That's the good news. He said, but the bad news is you are booked to play 10 a.m. next Saturday morning. (laughs) Some of you will get it on the way home. (laughs) The survey, survey was done asking the greatest question that people wanted answered. Listen to this. What is the greatest question you actually do want answered? You may not even know this. You might even not thought this, but deep down, this is the question you want answered. And it's this, what is my purpose? What is my, you know, some people's life just goes round and round and up and down and it just goes nowhere. It's just get up one day, go through all the motions, but everyone knows there's something empty, there's something missing. And so we try and fill that purpose and we try everything. Maybe if I made more money, if I had success or a position or or, 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 or um, you know, recognition, or drug, get onto drugs, or some addiction, or or sex, or you know, my, an OE. That's going to do it, friends. None of these things will ever satisfy the inner longing for purpose and meaning in life. But today, I'm giving you your God-given purpose, the meaning of your life, and that is to do all that you can to help fulfill God's mission to reach this lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you ever capture that like I have, just telling your friends, everything changes. Just, it all makes sense. There's a fulfillment that comes. There's a satisfaction that comes. There's a sense of God that comes. There's a faith that comes. There's power that comes. There's answered prayers that come. There's a walk with God that comes. Everything changes. That's why my prayer is something will shift in your heart today. And even if you get to the end of the service and nothing has shifted, why not just fill in one of these forms and then maybe that will help something shift in your heart. This is really worth thinking about, folks. Really was worth considering with your heart today. If you've never filled in one of these forms, never given to mission, I can't encourage you enough to start today because it will change your life. Most of all, it will Please the heart of God. It's time to get out of the boat. And when you do, you will walk on water. You know, across the world, the Great Commission in a vast multitude of churches has become the Great Omission. And 2,000 years after Jesus left the Great Commission, it is still vastly unfulfilled. As churches have got distracted to doing everything else, stuck inside the four walls of the church, while the world literally goes to hell, having great services. Friends, can I tell you something? The world doesn't care how good your services are. It just doesn't care. Oh, the worship was phenomenal today. The preaching was outstanding. Wow. The world does not care. (laughs) And I don't think the devil's too bothered either. Just leave those lost people chained by the devil on the way to a lost eternity. Just leave them alone. You enjoy inside the four walls. Friends, we've got to get outside the four walls of the church. Got to break down the walls of the church. Get out. Take what we've got in here and manifest it out there. That's where the need is. Are you getting something this morning? Is it? 
starting to register. I'm, I'm doing my very best. Our mission giving also goes towards loving the city in which we live, or the community. Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive. Pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. Seek the welfare of the place where God has sent you. Think of yourself as sent by God to this city, to this community, or your community, wherever you are. Think of it that way. See yourself as God's missionary to wherever he has placed you, to your street, to your neighborhood, to your city. And pray for your city. Invest in your city. Be a good neighbor in your community on June the 16th. Let's do this. It's part of the mission, heart of God. Because if the city is blessed, then God's people in it will be blessed. They will benefit as well. And, you know, we love our city through community ministry, things like the food bank and breakfast in schools and feeding the homeless and clothing the poor and chaplains and so much more, so many other things that we do. They say nothing ever done in the cause of world evangelization is done in vain. Not one prayer like you prayed today is prayed in vain. Not one dollar is given in vain. Not one sermon preached is preached in vain. Not one little light shining in the dark place is in vain. The Great Commission. We can all do this. I may have told you when I was in uh, Napier a while ago, I heard about this couple, and they just got put in their hearts just to pray on their street. They just pray, I don't know how often it was, once a week or once, I don't know how often they did it. They just prayed up and down the street, just went up and down the street, prayed for the, each house and prayed that people would come to Christ. That was their form of evangelism. They didn't knock on the doors and say, turn or burn or repent or perish. They didn't do that. <laughs> they just prayed going up and down the streets. They said, I don't know what length of time it took, but it wasn't very long. But as a result of their walking the street, it was several times a week, five families started attending church. That's all they did, friends. How many of us could do that? Walk our, some of us walk our streets anyway. Why not just add prayer <laughs> while you walk the streets and see what God will do? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. One of the most loved verses in the Bible. Everyone has need. Everyone loves this verse. And everyone claims it as well. But I have a question to ask you. Is this promise for all believers? Now listen carefully. Is it for every church? The answer is found in verse 15 of Philippians 4, which says, Philippians know, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, Paul's a missionary, no, one, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. Only one church financially supported the mission call of the Apostle Paul. Only one church. And only one church got the promise my God shall supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. When we give to mission, we can claim that promise of Philippians 4.19. I'm not sure whether we can if we don't give to mission because it was given to a mission-hearted church. Of course God is going to provide the needs of those who give in faith promises, those who give to the mission task of reaching a lost world for Jesus Christ. 
It doesn't matter how much you give or how little you give. Some of you think, I've got no money to give. Well, maybe you could sell something you no longer need. We all have things that we no longer need. Well, it's good to give it away, but maybe you should sell it sometimes and give it to mission. Or delay a purchase. Spend less on lunch and lose weight. It's a good thing, isn't it? Skip the fast food. Instead of seven times a week, make it six. I've seen some of you. We've got cameras. I've been saying if you give up two drinks a week, you give $40 a month to missions. Isn't that incredible? Just two drinks. Take out two coffees at a coffee shop in a month. $40 a week. Wow, that's amazing. Do you know what happens next? When you give, you start to receive. When you lose or go without, you gain. When you die to self by sacrificing something, you really begin to live. This is the upside down gospel. <laughs> I know some listen to you listening to me, and they say, some of you say, I don't care what you preach, Pastor, you're not going to get one of these from me. I, I ain't going to do it. I'm just not going to. You can preach as hard as you like. You can yell louder if you like. You can actually perform a miracle and an angel can come down from heaven. But I'm not filling one of these in. I'm just not going to do it. Is that clear, Pastor? <laughs> I just had to say that. Hope you enjoyed that, campuses. <laughs> you begin to live. You know, actually, the truth is this. Every one of you wants to give. You do. You want to reach out. Because it's deep in the heart of man. Some of us don't know it. You see, we're created in the image of God. God is the greatest giver of all time. Is that right? I mean, he just gives and gives and gives. He's a gift that keeps on giving. It never stops giving. So there's something locked inside every one of us that so longs to give because we're made in God's image. There's a desperation to give, a longing, a yearning to give. We just don't always recognize it, but we're created for this. And that's what results in tremendous fulfillment. It's more blessed to give than to receive. When we do, God draws near. We're created for giving. We're at our best when we give. We discover ourselves when we give. Amazing things happen. There's a preacher in New Orleans, and he noticed a family standing in front of him at a line at a supermarket. He realized they didn't have enough money to buy the few goods that they wanted to get. And so he said to the man in front of them, he said, don't look around, but here, here's some money. Buy your food. The man took the money, bought some food. Nine years later, the preacher was invited to speak at a church in New Orleans. And after a service, a man came up to him and said, several years ago, my wife and now one child, we were destitute, we had no jobs, no money, we were living in our car, we lost all hope, we agreed on a suicide pact, including our child. Before doing so, we decided to have a, buy some food for our son. So we drove to the store. While standing in the line, we didn't have enough money to pay for the items, but a man behind us said, please take this money from me. Don't look around. Then he told us, Jesus loves you. 
We left the store, drove to our suicide site, and we wept for hours. We couldn't go through with it. As we drove away, we saw a church with a sign, Jesus loves you. We went into the church. My wife and I gave our lives to Christ. He then told the preacher that he recognized him from his distinct South African accent. He said, your act of kindness was much more than a good deed. Three people are alive because of it. So you never know what happens when you give. There's something magical about giving beyond yourself, giving to a cause greater than yourself. Extraordinary things happen. Heaven begins to open. God begins to move. Of course, you find deep fulfillment in your life as well. See, giving is more about the giver than the receiver or the gift. This is more about what God will do for you not what you'll do for mission. God doesn't actually need your money, nor does the church. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can fund everything. But this does more for you than it does for even the cause of mission. Because it does something in your life. The giver benefits the most. See, we improve ourselves more than who or what we give to. Give to. We improve ourselves. Can you lock that in your spirit? When you give to mission, when you give to others beyond it, you improve yourself. You become just that little bit more like God. Do you know God gave everything for mission? Is that right? He gave everything. So when you give, however you give it, you become that much more like God. And isn't that the ultimate goal? To become like Jesus? More and more like Him. A life of giving, not just money, pays huge dividends. And you actually end up getting far more for yourself than anything you ever gave out. I conclude with a story some of you have heard. Philip Baker held a pastor's gatherings across Australia to leading church churches and church pastors. And he invited Australia's most notable atheists to speak. Everyone in the country knew him. And Philip said, I want you to speak to the leading pastors. He said, are you kidding? He said, no, I want you to speak to them. I want you to speak on why you would not come to church and why you think Australians won't come to church. He said, okay. He's in the room with all these pastors. He said, it's dead quiet. His first statement was, I feel like a lion in a den of Daniels, which broke the ice. Then he said, so you want to know why Australians won't come to church? He said, it's because we see no passion and no fire in the pulpit. If what you believe is really true, if Jesus really is the Son of God, if He really did die on the cross to pay for the sin of the world, if He really did rise from the dead, and if it's true when a person dies, they go into an eternity without God and spend an eternity in hell or an eternity in heaven, if that is really true, then it must be the highest blasphemy before God to not absolutely be passionate about what you preach. But we see no passion in the pulpit. Wow. 
do we actually believe what we believe? Let's show some passion that we believe that there is an eternity, that heaven and hell is in the balance for countless millions, billions of people across the globe. And we, you and I, can do something about it. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. With our faith promises today, we join with the broken mission heart of God who died for the salvation of the world. This is, without question, the greatest cause on the planet. Your giving will do more for you than you could ever imagine. Your giving will flow from your neighbor to the ends of the earth. The eternal rewards of your giving will blow your mind. As you fill in a faith promise, you connect with the passion to be generous that lies deep within you. You will come alive. You will find purpose and fulfillment. And you'll position yourself for God to open the heavens over your life of His finances, of His power, of His presence, of His blessing. Giving to mission is one of the greatest things you could ever do with your life. And I encourage you to do that today. Would you please take your form? There it is. You can begin to fill it in right now. Your name is optional. You don't have to give us your name. You can give us your name if you want to. If you put in a million dollars, it would be good if you gave us your name. So we know who you are. There's two parts to that, what you can do from your known income, by a bit of sacrifice, by going without a fast foods, without going without coffee for a couple of times a week, just put that in, what you can give per month, and then what you can give by faith, the second bit there by faith, that's what you believe God to pass through your hands, that's not money you have, you might say, well, I've got no extra money, well, that's fine, just say, God, how much can you pass through my hands? It's amazing what God will do. The testimonies that come from these are incredible. People who have, they give something from their known income, but then by faith they put in another amount. It may be $100, $500, it may be, some put in thousands of dollars. You've got to be careful, you've got to be wise. But then the stories that come in of how God provided, and they just come into an experience with God, like, wow, God, you can pass Money through my hands. And then they up their giving the next year. Or they increase it. And they, they come into this, the, the knowing how real God is. If, can, I'm going to finish with this. If you want to know how real God is, that He is powerful, He can work on you, just try this and see what happens. Hey, campuses, thank you so much for joining us today. Trust you have a, enjoy the rest of your service. God bless you. Love, love you all. Look forward to seeing you again sometime. Take care.